How do you feel about the science now? Well, so I will say this. I, I, and I honestly mean this. I think we owe a great debt of gratitude to science. Science has, in many ways, helped ease uh, the suffering of this pandemic, uh, which was more than likely caused by science. <laughs> be no loyalty except loyalty to the party. They're so threatened by the idea that a conservative speaker might be persuasive and interesting and funny. One man's vulgarity is another man's lyric. And I would say one person's offensive speech is somebody else's challenging the status quo, rocking the boat speech. Are you looking for a podcast that contains verbal safe spaces and is free from trigger warnings? If so, you've come to the wrong place. Because we expect our conversations to be filled with rigorous debate, discussion, and even disagreement. Welcome to the Socially Sensitive Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. I'm your host, David. And I'm Wolfie. Yay, glad to have everybody back. We've been off for a couple of weeks. But getting back into the swing of things a lot has happened over the past few weeks since we've talked last like the intro that we played there of mr john stewart you know the daily show was i was a whole lot better when he was on it oh definitely i will give it i will give him that uh politically i don't think we see eye to eye on a lot of things but no. i i do believe that it was a better show when he was on it and then they put what was it, stephen colbert yeah. And he just sucked. He just just flat out just sucked. You know, John Stewart, when he was saying that to Stephen Colbert, you know, I imagine was getting a little nervous, you know, because he's a hundred percent. He'll say mm-hmm. whatever he thinks will keep his job and keep his paycheck flowing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's for sure. And there has been a lot of things going on. All these things that they were shouting Trump down for back through the last year. They're now saying that, uh, well, maybe some of the things he was saying was right, yeah. which, you know, it's got to stick in their crawl. And I actually heard a, a story on the way home from work today, and they were talking about these scientists that didn't want, they believed some of the things that Trump said, but they didn't want to go on record saying them also because they didn't want to make it look like they were supporting the president. Right. Now, how screwed up is that? I'm like, if you're standing on solid scientific ground, and it just so happens the president is also standing on that ground, right? And and you don't maybe agree with him politically or philosophy or his philosophy or whatever, that shouldn't matter, right? I mean, so you, as a scientist, you should be like, well, you know, he is right. I don't like him, but yeah, he's right, right? Or you know, but instead of that, they would go to and they went to the lengths of putting out disinformation. So they would make him look bad. That's how much they had. And tell me that's not deranged. Well, I mean, that's why they call it Trump derangement syndrome. So that's true. Uh, And that uh, is true. I mean, there's a lot of people that fall on the Biden side of it now that no matter what he does or says, they immediately jump, you know, every little stammer he has or little thing he says wrong. And granted, he says a lot of things wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but some oh, of does. them, you're like, all right, I can see 
he he missed this or he twisted this or you know he just kind of pauses to think um but sometimes yeah he's just completely way off but they were doing a thing where he was at the, the g7 meeting yeah and they asked him a question and he paused i think for a full seven to ten seconds yeah i, I mean he was like right in the middle of a thought and all of a sudden it was just boom and it was just dead air and the, the guy that played it on the radio, and I can't remember if it was, I think it was Glenn Beck I heard it on. He's like, we're not editing this, folks. This is him giving the interview, and he's answering the question. In the middle of answering the question, he just stops and just, I don't know where he goes, Tahiti, yeah. maybe, Hawaii, yeah. who knows. And he's he doesn't say a word for, like I said, seven to ten seconds. Yeah. And then he comes back, and I'm just like... And you can't tell me that this guy's not got some kind of cognitive issues. Well, when you watch it, if the first thought I had, actually, when I watched that, I, which I, I've got that clip pulled too, that audio clip. Um, but on the video, when you watch it, he gets this look in his face and kind of like he's looking off. And the first thing that I thought of was that he was listening to an earpiece, which I know that's all conspiracy and who knows and but he had that look because he he's talking and then he just completely stops freezes like you said and it's like he's listening it's not like he's looking around because you know you can tell when somebody's thinking or trying to come up with the word that they're having trouble with or that they're this is he's completely frozen and like he's listening and then he kind of nods and immediately goes into what he's going to say, um, kind of mm-hmm. like he was being fed. There's no proof of any of that. But that was the first thing I thought of. But it could just be that's how he stops and is trying to slow his brain down. It's like, all right, I'm trying to work my words. What am I going to say? Because I don't want to sound like an idiot, even though what I'm doing right now is making me sound like an idiot. So making me look like an idiot because he wouldn't say anything to sound like an idiot. He just looked like an idiot because he was like, oh, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I just I don't know. Here's here's one clip uh, talking to Biden. It's really hard to know what to believe as far as when you're watching mainstream media. You know, there's Mm -hmm. now there's a lot of different YouTube channels and a lot of different things. But. You kind of have to watch a little bit of CNN, a little bit of Fox, a little bit of Tim Pool, a little bit of Daily Wire, and then kind of piece it all together to get, okay, well, now what? what to is get a full be, picture, right. yeah. But here's the thing with the fact that, you know, they were shouting down the mainstream media, you know, CNN, ABC, right. CBS, shooting down the president over and over and over again throughout the past year before the election. And then all of a sudden here we, we've got him or the stories coming out that, well, yeah, he was right about this and he was right about this. So you got to kind of wonder, you know, you got to take the stuff from CNN and ABC, CBS with a huge grain of salt. Oh yeah. And that's why I say you don't don't take it. But yeah, you got to do Fox the same way too, because they do their, weird hinky stuff i've actually gotten into i've expanded my my news getting like oan the blaze uh newsmax you know i've expanded out of just what's on tv 
you know, like oh, yeah. you're being I, like cable TV. Yeah, I get and almost into other avenues, regular TV, just to uh, just to try to get a, a more broader picture of and a more complete picture of what's going on. Right. But here, here's that. Here's here's a clip of the Australian news. Um, so sometimes, if you go to some of the outside of our country and look at how they're reporting what's happening mm-hmm. here, um, and here's them talking about Biden um, in uh, during the the summit. Now, while most of the time Joe Biden conducted himself in Cornwall as the familiar foreign diplomat he's always been when he was vice president. There was some concern about his mental capacity, which is just painful to watch sometimes. You know, I know Chris Kenny says the man should be in a home and sometimes I can't disagree and he shouldn't be leading the country. But take a look at this footage of the president wandering around, lost in a cafe in England. It was posted on Friday and largely ignored by mainstream media. How are your meetings going in Cornwall, Mr President? How are your meetings going here in Cornwall? Very well. Come on. (laughs) 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 He looks stunned. At least the crowd found it entertaining anyway. Now, let's look at one of his official addresses. I think he went off script because he forgot the standing in ambassador. To take uh, thank Gail uh, Lempert, who is uh, our charge at the embassy, filling in for the ambassador and ambassador. We'll have one soon, but uh, she did a great job. And then apparently some of us don't know what COVID is. I know you all know, but a lot of people may not know what COVID is. Really? And off the back of a speech, the usual protocol is taking reporter questions. But, of course, Biden has a special exemption, and this time he threw his staff under the bus. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to get in trouble with staff. I don't do this the right way. Jennifer Jacob Bloomberg. Enough. I come back to the point I've made many times before. This guy will be very lucky to last his full term. Yep. Now, was he a, is that a Brit or an Aussie? Aussie. Oh, they are brutal. Yeah, they are brutal. I was watching a, uh, I was watching a reporter on Australian TV, and this was a video that that came through, like YouTube or something like that, or just showed up. And uh, the Greta Thornburg girl. Oh yeah, yeah. She was she was talking about they they did the clip of her talking about how dare you put corporate profits above the you know the the planet's being destroyed <laughs> and and how dare you? And I was just like, oh my gosh. Now, I can't hard, I can't stand her anyway to begin with because she's spoiled. She doesn't know anything, right. or she thinks she does, but she doesn't. And this Australian guy gets up there and he's like, "Oh well, let's just look at it, Greta. You're a part of the most pampered generation uh, so far on the face of the planet. You've got to go to school. You you get you don't you know you don't walk to school anymore. You get hauled in a big old SUV to school, and then when you get there, you've got to have uh, Wi-Fi." And you've got to have air conditioning in every room, right. you know, and just just and just slammed a crap out of her. And at the end of it, I was just like, that is so funny. <laughs> but yeah, dude the, did not pull any punches the, at all. I the mean, rest of hilarious. the world, yeah, is is not looking <clears throat> at at Biden as they the uh, the power leader that no, you know no. that we should be there they 
Everybody's the rest laughing. of the world is happy that Biden is president. Oh, because Putin is Biden very happy. Is, because Biden is president means America is weak. Right. And the trough is being opened back up. And when he's saying America's back, he's like, oh, America's going to be giving y'all all this money so that, uh, you know, you don't have to, you know, and, and, and we're, you know, you're not going to have to be expected to do, you know, like in NATO. Right. We're supposed to be a part of an organization called NATO. And it's supposed to be, I think, 2% of the gross national product or 5% of the gross national product that all these countries are supposed to put towards the mutual defense of the people in NATO. Right. Well, most of the people that are in NATO don't actually pay their dues. Right. Stocking and behold, they're leaving it up to us, the Americans, to foot the bill. Trump had you know, slightly changed that. They were starting yeah, to did. crank it up a little more. Yeah, because he wasn't he's not willing to fund all their crap. Right. Saying they need to pay their fair share, but Exactly. And that's why they didn't that's why the rest of the world didn't like him because he was putting their holding their feet to the fire. You know, and they didn't like it. But now they like Joe because Joe's weak and Joe is has some cognitive issues. Right. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, the 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 rest of the world is looking at him kind of like when we were in school and you knew you had a substitute teacher today. Here's what we're going to be able to get away with. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, so that's it. Here's another little clip. I think it's that same guy. But I want to start with something that Chris Smith touched on on this program last night. The Joe Biden gaffes, the stumbles, the confusion, they just continue and they get worse. Seriously, his staff probably can't wait to get him home to bed in the White House. But before he does that, the president has to go face to face with Russian President Vladimir Putin, which is a big worry given what I'm about to show you. And believe me, most of the media just doesn't show you this stuff. Now, some of these clips are a bit long, but I want you to get a proper sense of what's going on here, a proper sense of how the US president is handling it. First up, top of the agenda between Joe Biden and Vladimir Putin ought to be Syria. But in the lead up, the US president seems to confuse that country with Libya. Um, we could work together with Russia, for example, uh, in, uh, in Libya. We should be opening up the, 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 the passes to be able to go through and provide uh, provide uh, um, food assistance and economic assi I mean vital assistance to uh, a population that's in real trouble I think I'm going to try very much hard to uh, it, it is um, by the way there's places where I shouldn't be starting off and negotiating in public here but let me say it this way Russia has engaged in activities which are, we believe are contrary to international norms, but they have also um, uh, bitten off some real problems they're going to have trouble chewing on. And for example, the rebuilding of, uh, of, uh, of Syria, of, uh, of Libya, of, you know, this is, they're there. And as long as they're there without the ability to bring about some order in the, in the region, and you can't do that very well without providing for the basic economic needs of people. So I'm hopeful that we can find an accommodation that where we can save the lives of people in, for example, in, uh, in Libya. Libya or Syria? Does he know? Wow. Putin must be trembling in his boots, hey? Now, now, I mean, a lot of that 
is just him losing his his thought and mixing words and 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 i know a lot of people try and defend that as they always say oh he has a stutter he has uh, this listen to him 15 years ago he didn't have a stutter he, now he might have a little a little stammer kind of thing but nothing what what he's doing now isn't a stutter it's just constantly losing his train of thought and having mm-hmm. to yeah. recenter. Yeah, he's and not refocus. he's not stuttering at all. No. He's he's just losing where he's going and, and, and what and he's that, wanting to say. And I know some things with people who do have a stutter and I and I, when I grew up, I had a, you know, I had a lot of speech problems. I still have a lot of speech problems, but to do all that in school. Um in elementary school. But uh and a lot of it is you're 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 building running through your head what are my next words to try and eliminate that stutter so sometimes you get a little ahead of yourself so you have to pull it back but to me that still doesn't sound like what he's doing to me it just sounds like he's just getting lost and i do that too and i'm and i'm old and because i think he's in over his head right that's why i don't know and uh, People will defend that all day long and say, oh, if you say anything mean to him, you know, it's because he has a stutter or because he is that way. Then, okay, so even if it, let's say it's 100% a stutter, he can't communicate. He can't do that job. That'd be like Mm -hmm. me saying, well, my vertical leap is down. I've got, I, you know, I can't jump like I used to, but I should still be able to play in the NBA. You know, you can't hold that against me. It's like, no, you can if if he's not able and capable of doing that job, you know, you listen to hit the the people, his aides and stuff. Anytime he's doing anything, is always scripted. It's always cards. It's always everything. You know, mm-hmm. you listen to Trump. One the, now, I didn't agree with probably ninety percent of what Trump said most of the time, because he would go off on these little tangents and chasing rabbits and telling stories and. And repeating a lot of the things to make his points, and and but he could talk for hours with nothing, no script, no anything, and just. But he's an entertainer. Yeah, he's he a could, storyteller. He's he could a, he could he could hold a conversation, right? You know, you Biden, know, his I mean, people. Anytime you can tell when he goes off script, is when he starts that rambling, and then he starts saying. Oh, I'm I'm going to get in trouble. I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't say this. I, you know, I've ne- every single time yeah. he says that to me, that shows nothing but weakness. I was like, I can't oh, yeah. believe. Yeah, yeah, the leader of the free world is constantly talking about getting in trouble by his people for saying things. Yeah, that's that's wrong. Here, Stop I've, that. I got one little clip about the Biden thing, Biden aids before getting on a plane as you know all of the really images and the narrative from this summit is set he wanted to take that off the table but we have seen uh, president biden do that frequently we've not seen him do is answer questions uh, like that without his aides screaming at him to stop i have never seen a president covering the last four of them who is so protected by his aides in terms of uh, often not wanting him to answer some questions i mean think about it why did he run a presidential campaign from his basement because if he was brought out into the light of day and was 
you know, was put to the kind of scrutiny that they were putting Trump under, which they would have never done. Right. But, you know, maybe some of the more conservative ends of the media, like Newsmax, OAN, and some of those would have actually maybe asked him some hard questions if they would have even allowed those people in the room with him. Then he wouldn't have, hey, I'm, I think it would have been made painfully clear in that process that he's not all there and right. we don't really need this guy. We need somebody else. Right. And when you have half of the country who is vote, is not voting for Biden, they're voting for anybody but Trump. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a lot of people that say, will come out and say that, say, I didn't want Biden, but I definitely didn't want Trump. Which I don't quite understand that other than the fact that, like Joe, he has a communications problem. He says things in a certain way that it's not politically correct to say them. You know what right. I mean? He just puts it out there, you know, and he doesn't care what you think about it. Right. Which, you know, basically living in the country that we have and with the First Amendment, he should be able to do. That doesn't mean I agree with some of the things he says and some of the things he does. It's just the way he says things. Okay, whatever. Right. And, uh, <laughs> But as a world leader, when he walks into the room, he should be the alpha in the room. That's oh, yeah. just how it be. works. Especially if you're the president of America. Right. That's what I mean. Not just. I'm, and because I look at our president as the world leader. Yeah. I think that we set the tone. Or we should a be. Lot, yeah. Um, we're we not. Should be, we're yeah. we're no. slowly losing that. And right mm-hmm. now. When Biden walks into the room, he's. Did you see the pictures that come out today? Him with the now it's photos. I haven't seen the video, so I, I'm not going to put a whole lot of faith into it yet. But the way the pictures are shot, Biden is sitting down at a, at the in a chair, and the mm-hmm. French the French um, whatever prime minister or whatever standing over him, and it's like he's finger wagging him. And there's yeah. like two or three different pictures and he's like in his face and it looks like he's yelling at him without the video. You know, it could have been, you take 500 shots and ooh, we got one that looks like he's being aggressive to him when they really weren't. I don't know without yeah. seeing the video. It could have been pointing to something in a picture or right. something or on a map. Right. But it, in and that it just picture, looks like it looks like he's video. doing that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. But either way, if that is true, and I could see that happening, and I could see Biden sitting there just trying to go with it, talking to him. If that had been Trump, you know, Trump would have been standing up alpha, you know. Oh, yeah. He'd have been in his face. Right. So. Which is perfectly acceptable to me. Right. But it probably never would have even got there to begin with because of. Yeah. How the, how no, you I don't, view it. To- I don't. I don't. I don't think he would have, the French person, the French, I don't think yeah. he would have had the balls to do it to Trump. No. And I know that. And, that and, and Biden has the same mentality as freaking Barack Obama with his, when he went, right after he got elected, he went on his world apology tour. Right. And bowing to, who was it, the, the leader of Saudi Arabia? Yeah. That's the leader of Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that's great. But you're the leader of America. You don't have to bow to this man. And... You know, heaven forbid I ever become president. You know, uh, it ain't happening. I go to another country and you've got a king or a queen there or a sheik. It's like, you know, I I will be respectful, but I'm not bowing 
I'll stick my hand out. I'm like, I want to shake their hand. But at that point, as the leader of America and you're the leader of Saudi Arabia or the leader of Great Britain or wherever it is you are, we're now equals. Right. I'm the leader of my country. You're the leader of your country. Hello. How are you? Nice to meet you. I'm shaking your hand. I'm not bowing. Ain't happening. And it shouldn't happen. It should have. He should. Barack Obama shouldn't have done it when he was in office. Right. And Biden definitely shouldn't have let that guy, if he was wagging his finger at him, stand over him and wag his finger at him like that. Right. And I know none of that has anything to do with how he runs this country, but it does set the tone as to how the other world leaders look at you and view you and view. Well, I mean, all of it is going to how, you know, the world negotiations I mean, are going to come. If, if you've got the leader of the largest surrender monkey country on the face of the planet getting in your face and you're not doing something back, right. you're showing that you're weak. You're just you're showing that you're an incredibly weak person, period. Yeah, anytime Biden, uh, here's a little quick clip, Biden. And it comes down to what what is their goal? Okay, I mean, let's take this real deep conspiracy idea. Biden, if you're looking at Biden's nothing but a puppet, is the goal to get Kamala in there, um, which Trudeau, you know, has been overheard. People familiar with the matter have come out talking about Trudeau, that he was heard speaking to people at the at the G7 summit that he thinks Biden won't make it through 2022 um he won't that 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 Kamala will be president by then um and that's just so when you've got the other world leaders saying hey you know he's not here he's not all there he's not going to make it he's not going to be able to finish out this term you know if somebody else is running the, you know, pulling the strings. He's just the puppet. Mm-hmm. Um, why did they put, why would they let him pick Kamala? Nobody wanted Kamala. Um, she's horrible. Um, she, she is. Even when, during the primaries, she ended up having to drop early because she was still in fourth place in her own home state. Yes. Well, here's the thing. Um, uh- Andrew Biden Yang got out, more primary votes than she did. Biden came out and pretty much painted himself into a corner saying that he was going to pick a woman and a woman of color. Right. And she's pretty much the only one on the that was left standing there towards the end that fit that description. So that was the only one left for him to pick. Right. He's not going to pick Hillary. That definitely would have doomed him to defeat because nobody likes Hillary. No. Hey, Biden don't even like Hillary because <laughs> yeah. if he had, he would not have picked her, you know, but he didn't. Well, what's Kamala? Here's uh, which I don't like Kamala, but no, uh-uh. I don't either. Have you seen? Here's her border thing. Put a button. Okay. Do you have any plans to visit the border? I, at some point, you know, I, you know, and granted, Biden play, you know, there's the border crisis or the border situation that they want to call it. They don't call it a crisis. No, but uh-huh. what's all of this happening at the border is a crisis. It's, you know, and it, it should be laid squarely at the feet of president Biden. Right. Because to a certain extent with the building of the wall 
and the policies that Trump had in place, it was not, I don't want to say totally under control, but it was somewhat under control, or at least right. it was better under control than what it is now. Well, they've even started going back on all the things they stopped. They started building back some more parts of the wall again. They mm-hmm. they stopped the, uh, I mean, they're, they're just walking everything back a little bit from what they originally mm-hmm. said, because they realized how horrible a mess this is going to be. But so he played, but the whole thing is he placed her. She's the border czar or whatever you want to call it. Now she's responsible right. for all of that. And she is yeah. still yet to go there. And then, so when the media calls her out on it, yeah, here's her response. Mm-hmm. We yeah, are going I mean, to the border. We've been to the border. So this whole, this whole, this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't understand the point that you're making. I'm not. There's a border crisis. You're over it. You're supposed to be the one fixing it. You haven't been there. Are you going to go there anytime in the near future? Well, I haven't been to Europe either. You know, we, a mutual friend of ours was working in up in upper state New York. It was Steve. We'll just, yeah. you know, I'll give his I'll give his first name, but I won't give you know his whole name. So he decides that he's gonna go out of his way to his next job assignment to see Niagara Falls. Right? Yeah. He ends up in the wrong lane through no fault of his own. And as he's trying to get back over, no one's willing to let him back over. And he ends up going into Canada. Right. Okay. He has no passport. All he's got is his driver's license on him. Right. Right. And uh, so he drives up in, in the, the Canadian guy's area. He's like, passport. And he pulls out his, his, the only ID he has is his driver's license. He's like, this is all I got. And he's like, why don't you have a passport? And he goes, well, I wasn't expecting or wanting to come into Canada. I got in the wrong lane and the traffic would not allow me to get back over. So instead of causing an accident or, you know, possibly causing an accident, I went with the flow of traffic and I ended up in Canada. And so they took him out of his vehicle. They told him that you can go over here, park in this parking lot. They took him out of his vehicle, put him in a building where he's actually looking out a window at his truck as border protection agents go through everything he has in his trucks, takes, takes everything out of it. Goes through all the little box because he's got all these little pieces of equipment and stuff like that that he's got to hook up to things right. to do his job, and and they're going through all this stuff. And, and he sits there. He told me he said I sit there and I watch them go through every single thing in my truck. And after being there for I think a, a couple hours, they finally come back and I give him a huge big old stack of paper, and uh, they tell him to go back to America. And he's like, hey, no problem, buddy. I'm gone. This only one thing I need to know is how do I get there from here? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Go down there, turn and go back that way and you'll be in America. And so when he gets back to into America, the the American border guards are like uh, passport. He's like, I don't have a passport. I've got a driver's license and I've got this stack of papers from Canada. And all the American (laughs) border guards, they start laughing at him because they know what he's been through. Right. You know. (laughs) And uh, he's like, look, if you really want to go see the falls, he's like, no, I do not want to go see the falls now. Screw it. I'm <laughs> done. He goes, I just want, 
how do I get back to wherever it is he was going to, Cincinnati or whatever it was? I don't know. He's like, just point me in that direction of my next destination. I don't, I'm not going to go look at the falls. I don't care about it. He goes, well, I know. And the border guard was like, but I know a place, so a way that you can go and get a real good look at it and you'll still be on the American side and blah, blah, blah. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, I don't want nothing to do with it. Just point me in the direction of this. And they're like, okay, just go down this way and you'll start seeing signs. And he just left. So you can't Which, get you know, from here. After going through something like that, I can see it's where he would be a little perturbed and miffed that uh, it's like, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to Canada. No. <laughs> Screw it. I ain't going. I'm not going to go with watching Niagara Falls. I don't care. Just, I'm, I'm done with you people. And I can't say as I mean, it's obviously happened enough times that the American border agents are aware of it. Right. And they kind of laughed it off. The point I'm trying to make is that's how serious Canada took trying to get into their country without the proper identification. Right. And we've got people on our southern border that they're just letting walk across in certain places. You know, especially before they had the wall up, they were just they would just find a place out in the middle of the desert and just walk across. You know, I heard a story back uh, several years ago, and this was you got Iran and Iraq, and uh, supposedly these college students were uh, out hiking in the wilderness and desert of of one of the countries, and accidentally, supposedly crossed the border into the other country. I think they were in Iraq and they crossed into Iran, Mm. but the Iranians caught them. Right. And they were talking about, you know, execution. Right. That's what I say. Yeah. That's a death sentence. Cause you're, you're a spy for any reason. Yeah, exactly. So, and they were like, they're looking at them as being spies and stuff like that. And there was this huge uproar, but no, they're not spies. They're just stupid college students, you know, and it turned into an international incident enough. So that I actually heard about it on the radio or the, seen it on the news and i'm like and that's how other people treat their borders other countries treat their borders like they're something that need to be respected but the democrats in this country don't think that our southern border should be respected so why and you you got to think why is it that they they believe this why do they want to throw open these and the only thing i can think of is the fact that the further south you go into mexico and and middle America and South America, the more prevalent things like socialism and stuff like that come up and communism and, and things like that. And, and they're get them up here, they get them into America. And now you've got people that already believe this way. Yeah. But a and lot so, of those people don't want to have anything to do with it. If, if they're coming from a socialist country, they get here and they don't want, I mean, if you there's this one channel I watch, you would, you would think that that's true, but y- Think about this. One of the largest voting blocks that the Democrat Party has is the black vote. The Democrats fought a war to keep slavery. Right. But the black people in mass, percentage-wise, until Trump, that is, vote Democrat. And they have for the longest time. Right. As a matter of fact, it was such a cliche that you know Biden said that uh, the if you're not voting for me, you got to wonder if you're actually black or not. Right. And that's just paraphrasing. But, but it's slowly switching back because yeah. they're seeing. But you wouldn't think you wouldn't think it would. You don't think it would be that it would swing that far 
After the Civil War, Democrats brought into the existence the Ku Klux Klan. And then those people went out into the countryside and they were killing black people and Republicans in the South. Uh, so not necessarily, I mean, they may have been black and Republican, but they were also killing white Republicans also. So if you were Republican in the South, a black person or a Republican or both, the Klan, that's what the Klan was there, was to to you know basically beat you into submission by selectively going around and killing certain individuals in your communities and stuff like that right and you got to kind of wonder if maybe that this this community doesn't have like some kind of uh, stockholm syndrome but there there's something i could something i could think of that makes sense because then you got the democrats they pushed the uh they pushed the jim crow laws which were bad and then in the 40s, during World War II, the Democrats decided, oh, it's a good, it's a good idea to put the Japanese people in internment camps. Yeah. You know, it's just one human rights violation after another coming out of this one party. And like I said, I just don't see how people can continue to vote for these people. It's just. It's, I, I don't a, think there's as many as they think that they're getting. It, that's the whole thing that happened in Miami with, you know, all the Cubans coming over. They're all now Cuban Americans. They came out of the communist, you know, mm -hmm. control. That it flipped. There's so many of those Cuban Americans that are Republican now that flipped Miami mm -hmm. from a Democrat city to a Republican. Yeah, and that's well. That pretty much the whole thing that that uh, got uh, Florida for Trump. Yeah, and because that's what I was saying. There's a one. There's this one YouTube channel I watch. The guy, that's why he's constantly, he, he's Cuban-American, and he has people that are continuously coming over. And he does mm -hmm. a lot of videos with them, like the, the first time that they, that they go to a grocery store um, mm -hmm. here. And they go through a lot of there, what, you know... Here's what you're allowed to buy there. Here's some of the things that are offered. Here's some, you know. And then they come here and they just can't believe, I guess, the amount um, of choice. Yes. As a matter of fact, I was watching a, uh, was a group of people that had decided, and they, they posted a video, I think it was on Facebook, which may have been taken down. It may still be on YouTube or somewhere else. But these people as a group is probably about, five or six of them decided that they were going to take a trip to Cuba and give an unbiased account of what happened while they were there. And uh, he said, the, 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 the according to what they said, you know, the Cuban people were great, but, and, and nice to them and stuff like that. When they went to the grocery store to get groceries, they got there, it was closed. Yeah. And then eventually it did open and it only opened for a couple hours. Yeah. And you had like, you know, here's you've only got like say one type of loaf of bread, right? You know, it's Fred Fred's bread, and that's it. that's all you see is it's like one whole row of Fred's bread, and that's the it, it's not white. It's either white or wheat or whatever, but it's only one kind, and there it is. And then there was like only one kind of this or one kind of that, and there were people that were once the doors were open, they went in and they were scrambling to get you know their supplies. And this wasn't like uh, a week grocery trip. This was like, we're going to go in, we're going to get what we need just to get us through today, and then we're going to come back tomorrow and have to do this again. Right. And they were just talking about the, uh, you know, how 
socialism and communism, how they lie about, you know, about how great it's supposed to be when in actuality it kills people's motivation to do things because everything is taken from them and and given to the government, you know, and the people, and and there's the thing, if you're one of the elite people that are in the government, you know, whether you're a, you know, representative or you're a person that's in the party, communism and, and socialism works out great for you because you're at the top of the heap right? and you get all the stuff. And the further down you go, you know, the worse off you are. Right. But they were showing, they were showing, I think, piece, parts of Havana and the, the place on the main drags, the places on the main drag looked pretty decent. But then you would go two or three roads back and there would be buildings that just were crumbling because right. they weren't able to maintain them. There was the gas station that was right down from where they were staying was only open for a couple of hours because they only got X amount of gas. And they drove, they would like, okay, starting right here. And then they drove for quite a while. And they're like, that was the start of the gas line. And here's the actual gas station that they're trying to get to. And more than likely the guy in the back, once he gets here, there's not going to be enough gas for him to get any. I think a lot of it comes down to, especially in our country, a lot of the Democrats don't understand human nature. I think that they look at people Either that or they understand it way too well. Uh, yeah, but they, they flip back the other way. It's kind of like the border thing. You know, they think if there's a lot of things that happen that they do, and then when, let's say they say, okay, we're going to do this, and you're saying, no, you can't do that because this is going to be the result. The people are going to start doing this mm-hmm. if you do that right. action. And right. they're like, no, 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 no. This will be good. And they do it. And then they, exactly what you said would happen, it does happen. And then they go, mm-hmm. well, well, why is this happening? And then they kind of have to take a step back, kind of like with, you know, Kamala saying to them at the border now, saying, don't come. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and to to that point, what you're talking about, uh, my sister works in healthcare. Now she's not a nurse. She works more on. She works in a doctor. She's worked in several different doctors' offices, working in the billing and insurance end of the the the, the business. Okay, right. So she's she's sitting out at her desk. She she does that. Plus, she, at this one office that she was working in, she was doubling as a receptionist. Okay. So the patients would come in, they would talk to her, they'd you know, hear, fill out this paperwork and stuff like that. And while they're doing that, she's there doing her thing with billing and insurance. And, she, and she's listening to these two women that are sitting right outside the window from where she's at. And uh, they, had, they knew each other and they knew each other really well because one woman was asking about uh, whether or not the other woman's husband had gotten his job yet. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's got him a job. He's back to work. And so the woman, the first woman's like, well, are you going to get off 10 care now? And she's like, no, it took me too long to get on. I'm going to stay on it until they kick me off. All right. So it was it's a good idea, you think, you know, to help people out that are in that little desperate area where they, you know, where the, you know, the husband's lost a job and stuff like that. And so you need to kind of supplement and help people out. But then you've got the person like that lady right? who's like, 
no, I'm not going. I mean, he's back to work. I'm not going to get off this. This is too good. A, you know, it's too good a deal. They're taking care of all my my you know all my medical bills. Right. Well, that's which means whole, I don't have to. That's how the whole unemployment thing was, you know, working out. You mm-hmm. know, with the with the federal added you know unemployment yeah. benefit, it was boosting mm-hmm. people up to. You know, so on average, if with the federal, with the extra $300 plus what you were getting for the state, it usually worked out to about $16 an hour. So if anybody was working, making less than $16 an hour, why would you want to go to work and make less money when you could stay home and draw unemployment and just mm-hmm. say, tell your employer that you still didn't feel safe for, you know, because of COVID and you feel compromised right. and, you know. And exactly, they, and they weren't yeah, stopping right. it. So there, that that's why we're in the put you know condition we are now, and so so many states started you know not accepting the federal subsidy. I don't remember what the total number was, but I think it was like twenty four, twenty six states that weren't going to accept it. But but either way, mm-hmm. it runs out in September federally anyway. So because I, I heard a report um, today that. Uh, I pulled one clip too, but uh, I think we were we're right at nine million unfilled jobs right now in the country mm-hmm. right now. And uh, all right, well, I have my indicator of the week, which it's a little bit of a two-parter. I don't know if you guys saw the Jolts numbers, which came out earlier this week. I love the name Jolts, but the actual title is the Job Openings and Labor Turnover Survey, also known as the Quits Rate. Well. Here is what happened. The number of people quitting in the U.S. hit an all-time high. It was nearly 4 million people quit their jobs in April, and the quits rate hit 2.7%. Yeah, high quits rate is great, right? Because it it often shows that people are kind of confident enough that they've got better job prospects elsewhere. I mean, I hope it's great, right? Um, It could be that everyone's just fed up. Yes. Um, But hopefully hopefully it's good. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder if it also indicates that uh, there was a lot of mismatching during the pandemic. People were trying to find any job they could, and it wasn't the right industry. It wasn't using the right skill set. And now that the demand for labor is up, people can more accurately match their skills with the needs of the company. That's what I think a lot of it is, is because there were so many people early on that did lose their job because whatever business they worked for shut down uh, early on during COVID, they were just take, because there were still tons of jobs available, just different jobs, you know, like whether Mm -hmm. it's working for Amazon or, you know, UPS or Walmart or, you know, places like that that were still, that uh, I think a lot of people just moved into positions well, like that took a lot I less also pay. I think that because of things like uh, McDonald's coming out and saying that they're going to start offering an $18 an hour wage plus a $1,000 sign-on bonus. Right. Like, I've got people that are working in different industries and they're like, well, hey, I'm, I'm doing whatever as a welder or whatever. And these people, a lot of them hadn't even been to school. You know, you got these people that are, that aren't going back into the workforce because they think that they should be getting paid more money for what they do. If you're going to be paying somebody that works at McDonald's, which was never meant to be a job in which you raised a family. Right. You know, but all of a sudden, you know, you've got to pay someone a living wage when they're working at a burger joint, which is stupid. I just don't understand that. 
you know. Right. Um, well, you could. It just depends on how you want to live. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, if you want to live in a 6,000-square-foot home and drive a $90,000 car, yeah, you're probably not going to work there and live. But if you want to live a simple life, and that's mm-hmm. what your goal is, yeah, I mean, the, you could easily live on that. People are always going to switch jobs and look for new things, but uh, that's what I mean. I've always told my kids. I mean, as far as mm-hmm. to for to picture their life, you know, what do they want to do? And I know nobody when you're a teenager really knows what you want to do when you grow up, but is picture your life. What do you picture as the perfect day? You know, look at a 24-hour period. What? How do you wake up? When do you wake up? Where do you wake up? You know, what kind of home are you in? Where, where, what part of the country? Where, you know, what would be your entire day? Walk through it in your head mentally. And, you know, and then say, here's my perfect day. And then figure out, okay, now what's it going to cost to live that perfect day? Um, For some people, you're waking up, you know, in a 9,000 square foot mansion with motorized curtains opening and, you know, a butler service and, you know, a, a chef cooking your breakfast and all this stuff. And, you know, some people it's, you know, you wake up in your, in your little cabin in the woods on the mountain or somewhere in between, but figure out what's it cost to live that life. And then, then look at, well, what do I love to do and how can I monetize doing that? And then can I make the Mm -hmm. two match? Can I do what I love, monetize it enough to live my perfect life, my perfect day. And if you can Mm -hmm. do that, you know, it's just gravy after that. Problem is is most people end up getting into a job that they're like, Oh, I hate it. It's a job. If you if you're living for Fridays or you're living for the weekend or you know you're looking forward to the weekend it means you don't like what you're doing. You know, what is it Bert Kreischer always said his dad always told him that when you when you become an adult your job is to is to eat crap and cash checks. You raise a family, that's what you do. <laughs> you do yeah. what you don't like to do and cash checks. Because that's what a man does. And in the old way when everybody went to work for the man you know when you had a cor- this huge corporation or this big factory or this big thing that everybody went to work that you know it's like our kids i think when our kids get you know our age the new jobs that are going to be i don't think people are going to be working for the man anymore i mean i think it, we're slowly getting to that where everybody is, can become the man, the man, you're self-employed, you're running your own, you're, you're a, a, an independent contractor doing your own work, whatever that work mm-hmm. is, whether you're a writer or you're, you know, a news, even like, you, you know, look at newscasting, you know, newscasting used to be, you had you're a writer that worked for this big newspaper or you're a reporter that worked for one of the three big news channels. Yeah. The network. Yeah. And now, you know, you can, you got people like, you got people like Tim pool out there, right. You know, making good money, just, Oh yeah. Putting out good news, doing it themselves, 
you know, Steven Crowder that that mm-hmm. they're they're making their their you know, they don't have to go work for the man. They can still yeah. get the job done. Yeah, like and and Glenn Beck and right. Ben Shapiro and all these people. Right. And they're they, not entitled yeah, they, they're not beholden to the man to report exactly. what the man wants you to report. Because exactly. if if you're working for CNN or Fox News or whoever they're going to want to do first of all they're going to want to do the stories that sell but they're also going to want to do stories that don't upset you know their their advertisers if the ad office and the news department has any relationship at all your news is doomed yeah but. well and speaking of one more thing uh this is just a totally different topic but uh, I was sitting here thinking about this as, as far as like econ- economics and everything goes. You've got the uh, yeah at the G7 that just happened with with Biden and everybody there. They were talking about putting a 15 percent tax on every company in the world. So as in and, and once you get into that, you know, you've got your one world government thing coming together. But and yeah, OK, I'm, I'm, I'm a conspiracy nut. OK, whatever. You know how you get up and say that you're going to tax the poor and not actually use the words tax the poor. Right. You, you say, I'm going to raise the uh, tax on companies. Right. You know, on which, the industry because they're not paying the their poor. fair share. And, and the only thing that happens is once you raise the tax on these companies, they turn around and they raise the price of their products. Right. So that the people that are buying said products can then pay the increased tax. Right. And when the poor so, pay out a larger proportion of their income to necessities than the rich do, mm-hmm. that affects yeah. them a whole lot more. Oh, yeah, it sure does. Sure does. But and like I said, you've got these people that are just so, I don't know, what, brain dead or just dumb, ignorant maybe. They just don't know. They don't understand. It's like, okay, yeah, fine. Okay. You're going to raise the taxes on this company over here, company A, making widgets. Right. You're going to raise it. So it started off, it was a buck and a half to buy a widget. They raised, they put more taxes on it. Now it's three bucks to buy a widget. It's twice as much money. It's not going to affect the government and the guy up there, you know, sitting and he says he's going to raise the taxes. And it and to you, it sounds good because it's like, yeah, those corporations need to pay their fair share. Right. Who it affects is the people that have to go out and buy the widgets that are now twice as much as what they used to be. Right. So now they've got less money in their pocket to do the things like you said that you, you were talking about, buying groceries and getting gas to get to and from work and all these other things. Everything's more expensive. Right. And but they still, it's like I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get how people can just you know sit and and be like, oh yeah, I'm all for that. Raise the prices. Raise the taxes on those corporations, those evil corporations. They're not paying their fair share. Really? Right. All but, you're doing, what you're saying when you say that is just like, yeah, go ahead and just tax me more because right. I'm going to be the one that ends up paying it anyway. Right. But then they, then they, then they push it to, okay, when you live below the poverty line and the biggest portion of your income goes to housing, food, and, you know, the necessities of life. Mm-hmm. Then the government feels that then they're like, well, okay, all these have risen, like you said, because the prices went up because that. 
Well, then the government's like, well, then we that's where we need to step in as a government and provide housing control, you know, mm-hmm. the food, whether it's through food stamps or, or through uh, WIC or any of those services. Mm-hmm. Um, Instead of making a environment, an economic environment that is conducive to the growth of companies and the starting of new businesses, which would help get these people off of the food stamps and off of the government dole right? and get them out there working a job and being self-sufficient and independent. You know, they don't want to do that. They make it as hard as possible for companies to do business because they want to take all this money that they're going to get off these companies, put it into social programs for two reasons. Number one, to buy votes. Right. Yeah. And and they uh, think that they're fixing the problem immediately because they look at it as well we have to fix this right now we can't do you know trickle down economics doesn't work it takes too long or if it ever happens at all we have to fix this right now i was i was watching a uh, part of a documentary on that term it trickled when they were talking about i don't think anybody ever actually used that terminology except for the people on the left yeah, they used to call it Reaganomics. Yeah. And then after he, it, then it slowly started working and people started calling it trickle down because. But here's the thing. Reagan was right about a lot of the stuff. And that's why we had a better economy back in the 80s. Now, it wasn't as good as Trump's. Right. But uh, he cut taxes. And if he could have stayed on Congress to keep up the other end of the deal, which was we're going to cut taxes X amount. And now, since we've done that, you need to start cutting spending also. Because it wasn't just he was cutting taxes. He was also wanting to cut spending. And he couldn't get Congress to come around to his way of thinking that they needed to cut spending because the spending is for, you know, that's where they're handing out all the money to their buddies for stupid projects, the, the, you know, bridges that go to nowhere, tunnels that have been built for the last 25 years that still aren't finished, and all those other social programs like food stamps and rent assistance and stuff like that, and the free cell phones, just for the purpose of buying votes right. and to keep them in power. Because intellectually, they don't really have a good idea on how to run the country, in my opinion. Right. But they look at everything like that. Is that it, that's, it, it has to have a quick fix. Mm-hmm. Now, even though they look at the other side of things, like when we talk about crime, they they don't, you know, and I guess we view crime more as the quick fix thing. When a crime happens, you fix it now. You know, you through the police, through enforcement, through law and order is mm-hmm. how you fix it now. When they view it as, no, we have to, which you, you need to be looking at the root causes of problems always anyway. But they mm-hmm. want to eliminate the quick fix or the, the solution now and only focus on when it comes to crime and stuff like that. They only want to look at the root cause or what they think is the root cause. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, AOC talking about, I think I got that clip somewhere too. Um talking about the uh, crime. uh. Why is this uptick in crime happening? Well, let's think about it. Do we think this has to do with the fact that there's record unemployment in the United States right now? The fact that people are at a level of economic desperation that we have not seen since the Great Recession? 
Maybe this has to do with the fact that people aren't paying their rent and are scared to pay their rent. And so they go out and they need to feed their child and they don't have money. So you maybe have to, you're, they're put in a position where they feel like they either need to shoplift some bread or go hungry that night. Alex- Yes, yeah, you realize you realize how dishonest that woman is in oh, that yes, clip. Oh yeah, yeah. Because we were just discussing the fact we we were just discussing the fact that the federal government is adding extra money to what the states are paying out in unemployment. Right. So that it, there are people that are actually making more money sitting at home pulling an unemployment check than if they went back to their old job. Right. And all of that. And so that's that's why you have record unemployment going on in America because these people can't go back to work doing what they used to do. And make the same money that they were make that they're making sitting at home doing nothing. Right. That's why you've got record unemployment. It ain't because oh, there's just no jobs out there. It's because you're you're disincentivizing people from actually going back. If you would take that little six hundred or three hundred extra dollars away, you would see people going back to work real quick right. because they're like, well, you know, it's I was riding it high for a while, but now it's over, and I got to go back to work because I got to make my bills. Yes. I mean, she, she, I, I don't understand how she thinks. I mean, she, yeah, she makes no sense in anything she says. I, I, I don't really think she does think. Because it, all you have to do is look at, watch anything, uh, any video, any of, I don't know how many people are out there stealing bread and stealing food. Now, there might have been a handful of people, but mm. most of the things I saw in whether it was in looting or, um, most of them were like, Steal, well, they're stealing everything, but they're stealing mm-hmm. shoes and jackets and Nikes and right. TVs. You know, a lot of it is. Well, have you watched it? Do you see that video that came out this week uh, in that Walgreens, that guy on the bicycle? Um, he, I haven't seen that one. He, he's on one of those little bird scooter bicycles, like the mm-hmm. rent in the city. And he, yeah. he, he is in the store. Um, it's in a Walgreens. You know, it's in San Francisco because you know San Francisco passed that. Uh, anything no more. Uh, anything under nine hundred and fifty dollars now is considered a misdemeanor. So they're they're not really enforcing it. Uh, so the police. Well, I've get heard involved. that they they dis decriminalized shoplifting, so you can actually just go into a store and pick stuff up and walk well, out. No, it's still and, it's still a crime. Anything under nine hundred and fifty dollars is still, but but it's a misdemeanor. Um, and so they're not. Um, prosecuting it still mm-hmm. against the law. The law is still there. Um, but if, I mean, like we said before, if nobody's going to enforce the law, is it really a law? No, it's not right. So at that um, point, it's just, at that point, it's just a suggestion. Right. So that's why he's, he's in there with a trash bag. He's on his bicycle in the aisle and he's at like the hair care products and that in, in a Walgreens. And he's just raking the shelves off in this trash bag. And the, the, Customers standing there and the security guard that works in there, they're both just standing there holding their phone up, filming him. Mm-hmm. And he loads the bag up and then rides by. And the security guard reaches, kind of grabs at his bag, but doesn't do anything about it. Just lets him go and he just rides out the door. But yeah, that's happening everywhere. I saw, yeah, thing that said Walgreens has closed 17 stores in San Francisco. Um, because it's to the point they're like, you know, we just can't be open every day when everybody, well, not everybody, but a big number of people are just coming in, getting what they want and just walking out because nobody's going to do anything about it. Yeah. Especially in the law is not going to do anything about it. 
Right. The people that they're actually afraid of. I mean, they're not really necessarily afraid of the people that work in, in Walgreens. They're not. Oh, no. I mean, to be truthfully honest, they're worried about, you know, the law coming along and taking them to jail and saying what you did was wrong and you need to not do that. Right. Because they're like at Walmart. And you, and, you, and, and you can't go out every day and steal it now. Right. When I worked at Walmart, um, I mean, our policy back then, and, and they've changed a lot since then, but back then, the only people allowed to make stops or to, you know, question somebody who was, you know, considered that thought that they were shoplifting was a salaried member of management or we had in-store um, loss prevention that worked in there, um, mm-hmm. like undercover. And they uh, they were it. So if, a, like if, let's say me as a salaried management didn't see it but let's say an hourly worker come up and say hey i watched this guy stick this in his pants if i didn't see it i can't stop him um but our rules Mm -hmm. were we weren't we couldn't stop him in the store we had to let him get last past the last point of purchase um so we would usually stop him out in the vestibule um but you had to watch him select the item conceal the item keep eye contact 100% of the time if you lost them like around the end of an aisle or something for a second and then pick them back up you're supposed to call it off because Walmart was getting to the point that they were paying out more in bad stop lawsuits than they were recovering on stops mm-hmm. now they were losing still right. a lot more that they weren't stopping but they got to the point was, all right, they, they eventually come to the point that financially it's not worth it to even do anything. Lock as much stuff up. If you're in a high, you know, shrink area, you lock as much up as you can, the high theft ticket items. Mm-hmm. And, and right. hopefully most people are, but it's kind of like the uh, self-checkouts. They, they know they're losing some stuff. Some people are going to. One for them, one for me is they're ringing their stuff up through the self-checkout. Mm-hmm. Pe- pe- huh. Evil people will always do evil things. Um, yes. So th- they know that, and they just view it as it's a cost of doing business. If we're saving enough money off of everything else, it'll offset it enough that it's, you know, they're always going to do whatever financially works in their favor. So, yeah. Um, but, follow, follow the money. Yeah, here's a AO. Here's another quick clip, and then we'll wrap it up for AOC's uh, response on how we fix all this crime problem. If we want to reduce violent crime, if we want to reduce the number of people in our jails, the answer is to stop building more of them. The answer is to make sure that we actually build more hospitals. We pay organizers. We get people mental health care and overall health care, employment, etc. Yeah, just stop building jails and. We won't have to fill them up. No, I mean, I understand this. In, instead of instead of building all these other things and, and organizing and stuff like that, how about instead of those things, we invest in our kids and raise them to be better people, right? Instead of raising them to be like you know, oh, it's okay, you know, don't don't let this teacher spank my kid when right. he's in the wrong or she's in the wrong. By Gemini, I'll go down there and I'll talk to him and 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 all this other stuff. You know, teach your kids that there is there's right, there's wrong, and there are consequences to your actions. Right now, that's not going that's not going to take care of all of it. But if you you know 
that'll take care of a big portion of it. Yeah, Tom McDonald has that line in his song. It says, instead of leaving a better planet for our kids, how about leaving better kids for our planet? Bingo. Yeah. Exactly. And then you would not believe how many different memes I've seen on, you know, about talking about how, oh, the police have failed us and stuff like that. It's like, no, wait a minute. Maybe you failed us because you didn't raise a decent human being to begin with. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way it is. You, you got kids that are involved in in gangs and in drugs and in stuff, and, and they don't see the, the the downside of this. And they're, they're raking in all the money, and then, then all of a sudden they get caught or they end up in a confrontation with a police officer. They end up getting shot and getting killed. And now it's the cop's problem, and he needs more training. It's not my sweet little Johnny over here who's now dead. It's not his fault because he was, you know, he was in a criminal organization, and he shouldn't have been. He should have been doing something worthwhile. Right. With, it was nothing so much as painting fences or whatever, which I know is an absurd thing to say, but don't go and do that. <laughs> no. You know, I mean. Here, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. We'll close it out with uh, uh, Tom McDonald's new song he just put out the other day. It's called Snowflake. Have you heard this one yet? I don't think I have. Go ahead and let's play it. All right. If you lie to the government, they'll put you in prison. But when they lie to all of us, it's called being a politician. You think taking guns away will save our kids from the killings? But you're pro-choice. Abortion kills way more children. If America's so terrible and racist, it probably isn't safe to encourage immigration. Just saying, all the contradictions are embarrassing. You know who hates America the most? Americans. Trigger warnings used to be on TV for seizures. And now they're everywhere to protect millennials' feelings. He, she, his, him, hers, them, they. Screw a pronoun, because everyone's a retard these days. Here I'm preaching at the protest that hatred's the problem But hating straight men, white folks, and Christians is common Coca-Cola telling people they should be less white They preach intolerance, but if you disagree, they fight There's a race war here, elections based on fear Black lives only matter once every four years Soldiers died for this country and every one of us benefits Give welfare to the bums and forget about the veterans Black folks and white folks divided by the news But we are all the same, we are red, white, and blue Ashamed to be American? Okay, that's cool Cause honestly, we are all ashamed of you too yeah. Y'all are so fake, oh no The forecast said that there'd be snowflakes Whoa, you can't make us see it your way No way, gasoline and propane More flames, oh no they set us up to fail, that's what they built the system for Put an ammunition shop across the street from a liquor store Empowering women used to be different than this before The role models got OnlyFans or dance on a stripper pole Screw it, I ain't tripping, I don't mean to be mean But if our children are the future, then our future is bleak They take an Adderall to focus, hit McDonald's to eat They're addicted to phones and they take Xanax to sleep They blurred the lines dividing communism and democracy In 2021, we paint the patriots as Nazis The men playing women's sports get trophies for winning Like, great, let's celebrate a man for beating some women if you're black your life matters you're supposed to embrace it if you're rich or you're smart then you're probably asian if you're gay then you're brave all of that i'm okay with but if you're white the stereotype is you are a racist blaming capitalism like that's the reason things are tough while you tweet from an iphone and sip on a starbucks you're supporting what you stand against you don't think you are but a percocet addict don't donate money to pharma damn dog we're all afraid to speak the truth and the more afraid we get the more we hate the ones who do you're ashamed to be american okay that's cool Honestly, we are all ashamed of you too. Y'all are so fake. Oh no, the forecast said that there'd be snowflakes. Whoa, you 
That's a real problem. Ay, they don't want to hear it, but they still talking. Ay, soon enough, we running out of options. Ay, this ain't gonna end till it's in the coffin. Ay, we ain't gonna be friends till we try to squash it. Ay, I don't know how we can make amends or we drop it. Snowflakes melt when it's hot, kid. Y'all are so fake. Oh no. The forecast said that there'd be snowflakes. Whoa. You can make. That is hilarious. Yeah, he, he likes but there's a lot of truth buttons. in that too. Oh yeah, he likes to push everybody's buttons. Like everybody talks against capitalism while they're tweeting it on their iPhone while they're drinking their Starbucks. But yeah, oh, they're sitting around railing about you know global warming and stuff like that while they're sitting in a, a room with air conditioning. Yeah, and the high standard of living any people's ever had on the face of this planet. And they're oh, yeah. complaining about it. And they want to take it away all in the name of global warming or climate change. What is it? Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. And weak men create hard times. And it all cycles again. We just happen to be in a mm-hmm. uh, good time right now. That oh, we're, we were. Yeah, we were. We're heading into the. We're creating a lot of weak people. Mm-hmm. That is going to uh, eventually create those weak times, which will, weak men, which will create hard times again. Mm-hmm. You are correct. Well, this was fun. We'll go ahead and uh, close it out, wrap it up. Um, we'll just play the outro. Here we go. See you. Thanks for listening. See you, Dave. If you enjoyed this episode, Take it easy, man. you'd like right. to help support the podcast. Please share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from us, you can go to sociallysensitive.com and follow us on Instagram at sociallysensitive and on Twitter at sociallysense. Thanks again and see you next time. Somebody pray for me. The homies in the sky gonna have to wait for me. I can smell your lies. Watch what you say to me. I've seen a lot of shit that I could never talk about. I don't want to hurt your feelings.